I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge. I'm not I'm not challenging Shauna Taylor on this, but I want to challenge all the songwriters, artists out there. I challenge you to make a three-way song about one woman and two guys and make it sound sexy. Yeah, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Committee Podcast. We have our special music edition this week with our usual suspects, and we have a special guest this week, so I'm going to let everybody introduce themselves. Hi, everybody. My name is Pri, uh, also Caprista, known as that. Um, graduated from Howard 2015 and am a current creative content director as well as an artist currently working with Cozy Girl Squad, which is a great creative collective focused on women of color in streetwear because we don't see enough black women in streetwear. Aside from that, just moving to Atlanta soon to get my artistry started, get the career going, um, and just budding, getting things rolling. Uh, avid music listener, obsessed with music, and yeah, that's it. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Summertime Sai. Um, I am also a hip-hop journalist, owner of the Mixed Up Review. Probably, I guess, I'm a usual suspect now. So follow me on Twitter at Summertime Side. That's Summertime Say I. This is uh, Marcus Sniffles from Twitter. I uh, stand proudly and remo remove my hat for the Rough Riders anthem. And, of course, everyone knows it's me, Tribbles from Twitter. Um, the fan, the leader of the I Am Sasha Fears is Mid Stand Club. So um, back again this week with. Uh, uh, also, just touching back from last week, I do not have to apologize to my co-host this week because a no what? one no one responded and said that I was I was wrong. And also, I put out a poll wow. on Twitter and I asked the Beehive and music lovers. I said, Does Beyonce have any mid-grade albums? or trash albums, and I Am Sasha Fierce led the way. So again, we stand in solidarity, all the people that responded to me, all the people that feel that Sasha Fierce was a mid-grade album. We are here. This is but. fake news. This is fake news, <laughs> totally fake news. This is outrageous. I'm boycotting, I'm boycotting something. I don't know what, but I'm We don't know yet. We'll, yeah, we'll figure it out, but we stand strong here. We are a united front, but See going <laughs> trash a gentrified uh what's another good beyonce hit a gentrified bootylicious or some shit but anyway this week we are back to talk about keep that same energy by our girl tiana taylor i know last week we spoke very highly of her and we also um i guess gave our expectations so i guess first off before we even jump into first reactions did it i, I guess what we write last week with what we were looking for um inside of this album well, I, I I think I'm probably the only one here that's not like a uh, huge Tiana Taylor fan. Like I'm not big on her music. Like I know of her, but I'm not gonna sit here and act like oh I've been a fan since day one of her. So, uh, but it, regardless, I I didn't really uh, I didn't have any expectations. I didn't have high expectations. I didn't have low expectations. The only expectations I had was for a uh, for the production. I felt like the production was gonna be great. But as far as vocally and lyrically i i didn't have any expectations for uh for tiana so i had expectations so i'm like a sweet 16 n-e-r-d tiana taylor fan flash forward flash forward to seven and um 19 to 1994 mixtape i think she had that so i feel like i had expectations for her to go outside the box like with kanye west beats i knew the album was gonna be 
at least full of samples. Um, but I feel like the expectation definitely was for her to come with like some fucking amazing music. Like as a sophomore project, I'm thinking like she's been a blow to waters, especially since everybody was tweeting about how this was the best good music album. Like I feel like online pretty much set the expectation for her. <laughs> well, I think for me, I got what I wanted. I did not want to hear uh, things that were similar to uh, the 1994 EP or mixtape, whatever you want to call it, because she was very channeled inside of that up-tempo uh, 90s sound. But for me, I really wanted to hear ballads. I wanted to hear her, like, I guess to see how much she had grown vocally within these last four years from her, uh, from her debut project. So just being able to get into it, I will not lie to you guys on first listen. I Only one song stuck out. Like, I just was like, okay, like, you know, it's here, but don't necessarily know what I just got. It took a few more listens for me to fall in love with this quote unquote incomplete album. I, I really do like this project from Tiana Taylor, but how was everyone feeling once we had to wait, you know, an additional, I think we waited like another 24 hours for the project. So once we got over that time, that timestamp, how are we feeling about it first listen? I feel like, well, when I first listened to it vocally, Vocally, I was impressed because I just feel like she sounded way much more organic and raw in terms of like her voice right now. I don't know. I mean, I feel like a lot of people have that kind of like nasally pretty voice and Tiana has that exact opposite thing going on. And I feel like I heard, I feel like I heard different inflictions and whatnot in this album compared to her past album. So for me, it's like, I think I heard like the second track and I was like, oh, okay. Now, production-wise, like, I knew I was going to hear something different because it's just, it's yay. And it's like, I knew I was going to hear some crazy sample choices because that's just what yay does. But I feel like also with yay, like, you're, it's going to be unorthodox. Like, I agree with the, with the comment about, like, yo, we wanted her to, like, blow us out of the water. And I feel like there was room on that album for her to be able to do that. But she didn't quite get it yet. It's like she was almost about to jump off that cliff. But something just halted her for whatever reason now the fact that you know they had to wait for samples to clear and they had to wait for all the like logistical stuff you know to go down in order for it to have been like a full project that irritated me I was irritated for her because I feel like she waited so long and all of a sudden like out of all the people that had like that we had to wait for without this entire roster hers was the one that everybody was like yo but like when Tiana dropped and then Tiana dropped, but it's like she didn't drop all the way through. So now it's like this is actually ample opportunity for her to blow us out of the water. I feel like the next time around or for whatever other, you know, mixtape or EP she might have coming up next because she can do it. I just feel like she wasn't given the opportunity to do so with the technical difficulties and whatnot. I feel like she should have waited. She should have waited to drop what she was going to drop because now people are just kind of like, it's like you fucked up. Like nobody from my, from the things that I'm seeing in here, nobody is like really checking for the for the for the new album because they like, you know, we already know what we're gonna get. I, she so shout out shout out to the mix up review. I actually was scrolling Instagram and I came across the interview that you guys posted that she did with Big Boy, and she spoke on that. She was just like, "Hey, if I had it my way, 
I would have just waited. I would have made you guys wait another another week. But she and she also said in that same statement that she felt Kanye knew that she was frustrated, knew that she was upset that things didn't roll out how they intended to plan. And so he just released it thinking that she just would be happy that the music was out because she was focused on the music. And so I'm, I'm going to dive in a little bit deeper who I think that we should place the blame on in regards to how our whole album rolls out. But we don't want to let uh, the, the podcast go on without hearing the lovely MJ, anti-MJ stand man himself, Mr. Sniffle. So how did you feel listening to uh, keep that same energy this week. Off of first listen, I thought it was really, really good. The Obviously, the production was pretty much flawless. We saw this can clearly produce any kind of music. He can produce rap music. He can produce pop music. He can produce R&B music. And after this last five weeks, I feel like if there was any question about who the greatest producer of all time was, I feel like all those questions are or answered like Ooh, no so one Kanye is the goat. I, are, we, are we saying Kanye I, is the goat? and like what other producer could have had this kind of run where you're doing like push a t Nas, your own solo album a group album and then an r&b album like a lot of producers and off the top of my head maybe mike will may could do that but mm. not to this level of what uh keep the same energy is but off of the first listen i thought vocally it kind of surprised me because maybe i didn't have expectations for Tiana Taylor I thought maybe she was just you know just an okay singer but she's she's a great singer I think I think vocally she's really really great and listening to this album if I was a fan of hers I would be very upset about this album just based on like like they were saying the the rollout how this isn't the complete album how it took her album longer than anybody else's to come out like this is, I would be extremely upset if I was a Tiana Taylor fan or if I was Tiana Taylor, I'd be pissed. It's ridiculous. It's embarrassing. Yeah, we'll, we'll get a little bit more into that, but can we all agree that Kanye is five for five in produ- as far as production? Yeah, no? Five for five. I'm a five for five. Because- You said four for five? Yeah, keep the same energy is not done. I know he purposely- I knew I know he purposefully like didn't put the transitions in there for what for the reasons that she said on the interview, but right now it's unmastered. Right now it's a mix. So until I hear what's happening on Saturday, eh. Or next Friday, I don't know which day they're gonna give the release. Yeah, I was I was gonna ask, honestly, do we think that this album is gonna come out the day that they, they say it is? Like we really think it's gonna most, come out Saturday? Most definitely. I think I think watching what happened on this past Friday. Um, how it happened and my sources listen follow the ox <laughs> follow the ox dj i actually name drop who my source was for the six o'clock time frame it to me it just was a lot going on internally i think again let me let me just pause before we before i go into the rant that i had a, a little bit later can we talk about favorite tracks really quick um caprisa how did you i mean wh- i guess what stood out and then what are the songs that you're going back for to listen once you replay this album. Gonna Love Me is gonna be played the most for me, probably like the next few weeks. Cause once I love a song, like I can't stop playing it. And um, Rose in Harlem for sure. Um, no Manners, Issues, Hold On. Um, and aside from that, like those are really the ones that I play the most. Like the Never Would Have Made It one, I like it, but I don't love it just yet it's something that has to grow on me and then the work the pussy one it was kind of just like I I feel like 
when we do hear the completed album, I would hope that there's a transition sequence in between those two tracks because I feel like it was real like, I was like, okay. So we was just, we was just never would have making it, you know, in gospel. We was in church for a little bit. We was in church for a little bit. And then all of a sudden it was like work that, I was like, wait a minute. So is this like a Vogue track? Cause it sounded real Vogue-ish and you know, yeah. I was like, okay. But I was like, wait, now you can really tell that there's some pieces missing to this, to this project. So I totally agree with the whole idea of, I got to hear the whole thing, like when it's re-released to get a full, full idea of what's going on. But as of now, those are my favorite tracks. Sniffles, what you got? I'm going to go with Gonna Love Me. I feel like that was the best song on the album. Um, <laughs> Production-wise, it was the sample. Everything about the song worked. Her vocals worked. It was a smooth song. I, I could really feel it. Um, I, I will give Tiana Taylor credit for the last song because as far as R&B artist goes, I don't know how many people could pull that song off. Just, just from what I know about Tiana Taylor, how she's like, she's a, she's like a legit model, right? Like she does like runway stuff and like videos. Yeah. Like she's a dancer. Like she legit does she, this kind of stuff. So she wears the whole, hats. yeah, like the whole voguing thing, walking the runway. Like I can see her doing that song. Like even if it wasn't hers, that's a song I could see her doing. Uh, like dance moves or or whatever, a commercial, or whatever. So I think that's one of her stand on a lot of R&B singers that could do that. But Gonna Love Me, I feel like it's the best song. It's my favorite song. I think uh, with the last track, work, the, work This Pussy or That Pussy, whatever, WTP. Um, I think that track was her dedicating herself or dedicating the sound to some of the listeners that I feel like a lot of R&B artists they draw back from they have they tend to have you know a lot of fans in the lgbt community but they don't necessarily cater music to them and i think with the sound of that track that's definitely ballroom you know on the scene voguing uh death drops like all that like when i heard that song that's immediately what i knew what she was going for for that fan so i think that again like you said that was a, a big risk that she took sonically on that album but i think her fans especially in that in that lane in that realm they definitely love it and they respect her for it um I but, feel like, sorry do it oh, go ahead, oh, go ahead. i feel like that's kind of like an ode to like her google me days because mm -hmm. when she was when she came out on sweet 16 she had that vibe to her where she was in harlem and she was cooling it with her friends and her friends were of the lgbtq community and you know they was turning up, and they was they was voguing. They were doing all sorts of types of things. So I feel like that kind of is an ode to what she has been about, and she's just kind of bringing that back to us, kind of reminding us, like, okay, but you know, you know, the 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 platform of where I'm coming from is still here. You know, my voice may have grown, but it's still around. And um, the "Gonna Love Me" track, I feel like it. At the end of the day, like that is where I heard the most growth in her, I feel, as of now. But then again, going back to how it's unfinished, that Rose in Harlem part where she had, she was recording it and she was like on, I don't know if she was on live or whatever it was. There was this unreleased part that needs to be put on that song that I have to hear because it, I feel like it'll give me the full, like the full entire effect that I'm looking for. And I think it has, I think it's that Sister Nancy sample or that Sister Nancy take that, that they said uh -huh. was being waited on. I said, hold up, I gotta hear that first before I be like, oh yeah, gonna love me is, is it for me. Cause when I heard that, 
when she was playing it for us, I was like, oh, that's that's it. That's the track. So we'll see. I feel like we just got to wait and see. Well, Saida, from the from the incomplete album, what what were your favorites or favorite tracks? Look, I'm going to just say this. I love the album. I loved it when I first heard it. Like it didn't I didn't listen to what people said about it. So I loved it. I just think it was unfinished and unmastered. And I think the producer in me was just frustrated because I'm like, we need these transitions. However, definitely three way is like one of my top three tracks. Amen. Um, listen, call me what you want. <laughs> it was either Marcus or uh or the other one. Like I don't look, call me a freak, whatever. Like that's that joint was it went. Okay, like you're making babies to that. Um, I think the second one is going to be Gonna Love Me again because it was just a dope song. But I love the Delphonics. So that's like easily like I picked up on that sample and was like, yo, yeah, got him one with that one. And then Rose in Harlem is dope just because I'm looking for that. I'm, I'm looking for that Lauryn Hill piece too. Um, I, I want to hear like the full thing. And also they sampled the stylistics. And I'm just a huge fan of like the sampling in the 70s and all of that. So um, I don't know why people thought this was a hip hop produced album. Like I've seen people say like, this was a yay, like it was too much yay. And I'm just like, um, yay got one verse, but okay. Um, which, but which we didn't of, need, which we did not need. I was yeah, Murray was a throwaway. That was a complete throwaway. She didn't need that shit like at all. I like, I skip it every single time. That's the only song I absolutely skip. Like, I don't even need to hear it, but Nah, the, the other joints I felt like was soulful. I mean, you how do you not, how do you get, I don't see how people get hip hop out of the stylistics and Dale Phonics. Like, how, I don't, a Rodney Jerkins song. How do you yeah. get that? I don't know, but whatever, you know. Um, I think for me, my favorite track was Hold On Slash Issues. I kind of like what Saida said, I grew up on that soulful 70s uh, R&B music. So when I hear GQ, I do love you I'm like oh shit this is like this is my kind of music like this is what I what I honestly grew up on so that song I think that sample drew me to that song and the more I play it and the more I dive into the subject matter I'm just like yes um and the second track I wanted to talk about was three-way so Saida pointed out like um Roddy Jerkins produced it like he produced the track and if you go listen to it, in some of these low octaves, the low background vocals, she sounds identical to Brandy. I would, I would love to know if Brandy has a reference track. That's that, a very statement. Huh? That's a very bold statement. Let's go. Listen, I'm telling my listeners now. Go listen to Three Way and listen to the background vocals. You got it, that scratchiness going on. It sounds. It's, it's it sounds so like a Brandy reference track got left on the end, uh, on that song. Like I, I keep listening to it, so I love it. And of course, they had Ty Dolla Sign on it. And anytime that Ty Dolla Sign is featured on the song, I get pregnant. So, yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me. I, I'll add something to the. Uh, I'm gonna add something to that to the three way song. I thought it was it was it's a solid song, but I mean it's not a knock on her. It's kind of uh, a little bit cliche. I think that kind of song because it's like I mean that's nothing special, right? Like everybody has like a song kind of like that. But she confirmed that. She's done what she says she does. Wait, she confirmed it? Yeah, in her in her big boy in her big boy interview, she did confirm that her and Amon Shumpert have had a three-way before. So 
I missed that. I was at work listening to the. Yeah, it was to, it was towards the end of it. Um, but she said like they have done it, they do it, but you know, it's nothing that he forced her to do, and nothing that she forced him to do it was just like a mutual agreement. So I thought you know what that, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge. I'm not I'm not challenging Shauna Taylor on this, but I want to challenge all the songwriters artists out there. I challenge you to make a three-way song about one woman and two guys and make it sound sexy. I challenge you to do that because there's someone there. There are women out there who want That's that. Easy. Who want a song like that? Jackson is I, the only. One. <laughs> has she done that? No, but I'm saying. I, I, I I'm I'm putting the challenge out there. I'm putting the challenge to any artist, any songwriter, to write a song like that and make it sound sexy. Because I mean, how many times we're gonna hear the cliche two girls one guy song like try something different be innovative push it forward take it to the next level i dare you dare you that to me that to me three way was still innovative because again like we, we keep saying we were introduced to tiana at 16 years old to go from 16 to talk about doing a threesome with your nick with your husband that's growth to me i fucks with it but let's talk about what we've been trying to avoid this whole time did the delay uh release of this album of this incomplete album hurt tiana taylor and should she think about departing from the good music fam the good music collective i i have my thoughts which i'll share a little bit later but i would love to hear what you guys think about it i feel like no um because of the simple fact she came out on that big boy but yeah no she she prided herself on being loyal and if you if you're gonna say that you're loyal then don't be like LeBron or Katie or whatever and switch it. Like, be loyal. Stay where you at. I mean, who's this don't have to be her last album. So even if this yeah. you can always come through with another banger. I mean, if you're a fan, you're going to be a fan of the music. Like, okay, your artist was late. You're going to get over that. Like, music is, if the music is that good, I'm getting over that. Like, period. Well, I know, I know uh, Avid person that's going to disagree with you, so I'm going to let him go second. The anti-Michael Jackson fan himself marcus sniffles what do you have to say this is this is garbage this is absolute garbage tiana taylor is a very talented individual she's a great singer. she's proven on this album she's proved to me that she's a great singer i saw her in the fade video i know she can dance she's got a reality show apparently she's an actor she is she has everything you can want in an artist except big name recognition. She's not the biggest star out there right now. She's not Nas. She's not Pusha T. She's not Kanye West. She's not Kid Cudi. And for whoever is in charge to push this album, this incomplete album, to push this out late, like how, how, how do you put, put out an album that's not finished and it's late at the same time? If you want to push out an album that's late, at least have it say, be complete. Like, okay, this is why it's late. It's because we were finishing it. It's late for no reason. It wasn't done. Who's in charge here? Terrence, are you running things or are you just an empty suit? What are you doing? Why are y'all putting Tiana Taylor on the phone? Why are they putting Tiana Taylor on the back burner? Well, where isn't, okay, what other label is she going to go to that's going to appreciate her? Got the question written on my Any paper. label. She does. What label? I, I don't know what label. I, I mean, I don't. Rock Nation. Rock Nation. Maybe. Rock, Na Rock Nation know. has Rihanna. Rock Nation has Rita Ora. They have they have a roster of R and B artists that they oh, have promoted. Now you can you can dump. I, 
Let's go. Okay, now if if I could if I could get Tiana Taylor and all I had to do was dump Rita Ora, I'm dumping Rita Ora. Like let's not let's come on, Rita Ora. But they've already that, right? but they've already you effectively mean? shown that they're not push they're not promoting new talent. At the same time, I mean she she and Rita's kind of pop. I mean Tiana's like I want to I want to be R and B. This is my lane, and I feel like Kanye is one of those labels that she can be under that's gonna allow her to do the R and B. I mean, people say what they want about the production being hip hop, but that's the album is not pop; it's R and B. But she, but it's Kanye's fault. But they didn't let her do that because her album's not done. Like I'm, a, I'm. A fan. If you told me, hey, you can listen to this unfinished Kanye album. Or you can wait two weeks and get the complete Kanye album. Give me the complete Kanye album. I'm not even a Tiana Taylor fan like that. But if I, I, I'm pissed off for her. Like you can tell she's obviously upset. And for the and the fact that they didn't even consult her, they didn't even talk to her before putting out this half-ass album. Not saying the album like sonically, vocally, all that. Not saying that that's half-ass. I'm saying the fact that. They're saying there's missing verses from songs. There's missing interludes. There's missing tracks. And it sounded kind of out of whack when you go from never would have made it to work that pussy. There had to be some other steps in there. And there's probably like two or three songs that help you get to that. Okay, we're leaving church. Let's, you know, work and get to the strip club. Like there was something missing there. And for them to push out an artist. Look, that, sh- that should just have been the last song. That's a good closeout song. Like, after that, I don't want to hear nothing else. Like, what song? Are you saying, are you saying, uh, Work This Pussy was a, a good closer, album closer? No, never would have made it. Oh, because okay. it's like the, you know, it's the upbeat, positive, like, I made it. So I can, but I can agree from a business perspective. Like, at this point, their credibility and the trust of good music as a whole is at stake. I mean, it's one thing to, to, be like Kanye, but it's another thing for to look for fans to look at the label like they completely dropped the ball. So I can I can get with that. Sentence. Not gonna lie, I, for, yeah, they dropped the ball. For me, a lot of no. I was just saying for me, a lot of people dropped the ball. It wasn't to me. It's it's not just Kanye. It's not just Pusha T. Tiana's a part of the blame, and I think the biggest blame. And I didn't realize that I was a part of the blame until I watched that Big Boy interview. It's the fans. Tiana, like honestly, in my opinion, Tiana should have held that album. She should have, she should have never, she should have never put the album out. I tweeted maybe like, uh, maybe like my noon that day when the album was supposed to come. I was just like, I'm frustrated, not because I don't have the album. I'm frustrated because you gave us this timeline and then you know stick it to it. And then watching her big boy interview, it was just like she said it. She said she she felt pressure. So imagine what Pusha T and Ye are feeling like pressure, like people are all in her mentions, fuck you, you didn't do this, you, you know, you didn't do that, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, at some point, us as fans have to realize, like, this is their art, this is their work. Like, at the end of the day, nah. they, they're not required, the only person they're required to give that music to is the labels that they got that advance money from. They're not required to give that That's shit poor. to us. No, no. That's, at some, poor, leadership. At some point, That's poor leadership. At some, That's poor leadership. It's poor leadership, but it's also, it's, it's also poor as a fan. That you can't say, Tiana could have sent out a tweet that day and said, hey, the, the, a matter of fact, they did send out a tweet. It wasn't necessarily her, but people in our camp said, yo, certain things didn't get clear. Because the thing about it is, it's not necessarily that the song, the production itself was delayed for the samples. It was her using certain cadences, certain rhymes, certain, certain words in her voices that had, I mean, uh, not her voices and her verses that needed to be cleared. So why why didn't Tiana Tiana write something different? 
Like, you got to put some blame on her. Nah. Like she said, nah. you can't put the blame on one person or one particular entity. I think it was a group fuck up and they have a chance to redo it. My th- my question to you guys is, what's the difference between re-releasing Keep the Same Energy and when we see artists like Nicki Minaj or Ty Dolla Sign release a deluxe edition of an album and they release the same album and add three new songs on it? We saw Kanye do it with The Life of Pablo. He went in and tweaked the album. We saw... Uh, Black, aka Six Lack, go and do that with his free Black project. It's happening. What, what to me, regardless of the, do I think the rollout was poor? Yes, it was. It was absolutely poor. But in my opinion, it helps Tiana. Why she's getting sympathy listens? People are paying attention who probably wouldn't have paid attention. The I hate Kanye stands are, are are throwing her name out there, so she's getting a little bit more exposure. To me, the the once they update this album on Friday, it's not going to be a new album. It's not going to be a new pocket. The streams that she occurred from Saturday up until they re-release will still count. And to me, that's gonna that's gonna help her streaming numbers compared to what she did on a great release with a lead single, uh, a video, a star-studded features, and she only managed to push out twenty-four thousand in her first week. So this shit is helping Tiana. Again, it's unfortunate how it happened, but this, to me, this is not enough for me to abandon my label and to shit on and to shit on my on my head head people. Dude, at the end of the day, they're not gonna abandon party next door every time Drake shit on him and release some shit as soon as he released some shit. Is every label has like that that thing about them that people can't stand, but people are still gonna continue listening. Like a consumer is going to be mad, but they ain't gonna be that mad at the end of the day if they want to hear some party and some Drake. I hear that all the time. But it's just like you have situations like these where it's just like you got to understand now. Now you're talking about artists who happens to be a black woman. And that has a lot to do with it, too. Like, that's one of the main like themes that's going on these days that we're, we're always looked over in these types of situations. And it just sucks that it had to be her. And I agree with that fully. But I feel like she shouldn't leave at all whatsoever. I feel like she found her niche. And I feel like sometimes even when you find your niche, like. You it's, got like you gonna fail at some points, but at the same time, like you have that chance to to make the, it. Like- the, the, the thing is, is that she didn't fail because of anything that she did. She, her, I, I don't want to say she even failed, but this is not on Tiana. This is on the lay. I'm not gonna. Like I'm not gonna let the label get a pass on this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving. Pass, I'm not I'm letting saying, them get a pass on this. It's not a. This pass, is not the fans' fault. Something to do to it, It's everybody's yeah. fault. It really exactly. is. Nah, her name is on nah, the I'm project, not, so it's like she's kind of okay. I'm, Sniffles. Let, let me. She ask. didn't even know the album that was being put out. Like she didn't even know when her album was getting released. Like that's not on her. Sniffles, because because this is my thing. You're making it a good music issue. And again, I'm going to repeat saying this for for our listeners. Like the, the rollout, the rollout was fucked up. But name me one viable project, R and B project, and not from an R and B slash pop star. I'm talking about an R and B project of true R and B that had a that had a traditional roll a rollout that helped them that that we can talk about today. I bet you can't name one, and they're and they're signed to multiple different labels that are not just good music. That had a it's good rollout. Yeah, it's not a good music problem; it's an industry problem, and in how we look at R and B. I thought SZA had a good a rollout. SZA had a good rollout. I feel like Solange had a pretty good rollout. SZA did not have a good. Rollout. They did not have good rollout. Those were not. The, they didn't have. Tricky. They didn't have delayed albums, incomplete albums. They didn't have that, so I would say it's a successful rollout. <laughs> like, I think a delayed rollout. I think a delayed rollout doesn't make some, whether it's a delayed rollout or not doesn't make it successful. I don't, I, I my my like, thing is, I'm not. I don't even think it being delayed is that big of a deal. But if you're gonna delay the album and not give me a complete album, 
then what was the point of delaying it? If you're gonna delay it, delay it till it's done. The Don't fans, give me some half-ass album. You watched the same interview I did. She told you it was it. She felt that it was the pressure of the fans that led Kanye to drop that album because you could not tell me on Twitter whether you wanted the album or not that she was mm-hmm. not the talk of the town for 24 fucking hours. She could not lie to me. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that you don't take into consideration what the fans think, but you can't you can't make the career defining decisions based on what people on Twitter are saying, because I I guarantee you, if you search Beyonce's name right now, I guarantee you there are people saying, Beyonce, where's your solo album at? Where's your next album? She just put out an album like less than two weeks ago. Fans are already claiming clamoring for more. And that's the thing with fans. We always want more. We're always going to want another album. But give us the album that's complete. Give us the project that you want to get. Give us your art. West. This is Kanye West. You have okay, but who's who's in charge? Is Pusha T in charge? Kanye West. So what does so what does Pusha T do? Are you just a figurehead? Are you actually have you heard? Have you heard Pusha's past interviews where he said literally, even even with that album artwork conversation, he was like, I did not know that was going to be the album artwork until Kanye told me that was going to be that. That man is who's in charge. So it's like you have to think about the, his character and his mannerisms as to how these things are being put out. Beyonce is only like privacy. Like you ain't gonna know nothing until I want y'all to know something. That's how B is, and that's how her fans have had to learn her and are still learning her in some cases. But in this case, you have to think about Kanye. Kanye loves his damn fans at the end of the day. And what has he been doing now? He's been on Twitter and he's been going on these rants and he's been more transparent and he's been more. He's been more social in terms of reaching out towards his fan base. And I'm pretty sure he thinks of his fan base as not only just his, but his entire rosters. So when you think about people pressuring him, uh, I'm not surprised that he did something like that at all whatsoever. Kanye's the same man that scrapped his whole fucking album because of a TMZ interview. So you telling me that he he, he didn't look at Twitter and was like, oh, shit, come on. So, so what is the point of Pusha T having that title of being the president if he controls nothing? You have no say over your own album. You have no say over if your artists are putting out complete projects. And so, so let so let Kanye West be the president then. Let him be in charge. You just be an artist. You just rap about drugs, rap about slang and weight. Just rap about that. Don't come out here in front of me in interviews talking about, oh, I'm the president of good music. I run good music. No, you don't. You're just a figurehead. You're an empty suit. You don't deserve the title of the president. Just be an artist because you don't run nothing. I cannot Kanye wait. West is in charge, not I, you. I can't wait to Jay Prince run up on you. I can't. I can't wait. I mean, because Kanye is founder, and then it's just like, it's like, yeah, I'm president. I'm in charge of That means nothing. It. it means nothing. But if someone is in charge of creative direction and creativity and in, in all of these products in general, which has been said in many, many different types of interviews from many of these different artists. And it's just like, what at the end of the day, what he says goes. When founder steps in, that means at the end of the day, it's worked so many times before, I'm gonna go for it again. This is this is how this is the method to their madness. Like every label has their own. Kanye, Kanye West is Jerry Jones. He's just getting in the way of other people trying to do great things. <laughs> he's just getting. He's a meddling owner. That's what he is at well, this point. Well, we're Someone not, needs to get Kanye West in check. We're gonna because he's out. messing up T.M. Taylor's career. We're gonna check out the Dirty Bird Nation report also on the committee podcast for football. Said, what were you gonna say about uh, this whirlwind of conversation we're having? No, I was just going to add on to that about the hierarchy of, like, business in general. Like, if Kanye is the founder and Pusha T is the president, I mean, there's still 
uh, hierarchy that happens within that. So, I mean, the president does a lot of things, but he still he still doesn't make the final calls. What okay. does he do? Every album has been late. He turned in an album. He released an album that was incomplete. There are zero visuals for this Tiana Taylor project. There's zero visuals for Ye. Kids see ghosts, no visuals. Nas, no visuals. They just did a, a Daytona video. They're like, what are they doing over there? Put out like, maybe maybe Beyonce has spoiled me because when Beyonce puts out a project, it is complete. And there's usually at least one or two vi visuals in the bag. And all of that, all of that pressure that artists feel from us fans about where is it and where is it now? I mean, it's just like we're contributing to the problem of keeping the same music. Thank you. Okay, like, to but be we're honest, not like, going. Can I marinate we're on not. the music first before I get a visual? Sometimes I don't want a visual. Sometimes I just want marinate in the music. Like, let me enjoy my music, and then cool. If you drop that video, I'm there. What? Oh my god! But you we're not. But we're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. We claim every music from out from our favorite artists all the time we're always where's new music where's new music where's new music that doesn't make it right we're good that doesn't make it right it doesn't make it right but that's what it is in the internet age that's what it is now but give me complete pride give me a complete project that's all i'm asking i feel like that's not too much to ask give me a complete project give me a finished product don't give me some half-ass not completely done all the samples ain't clear. We got to cut some verses. Some beats ain't on there. Don't give me that. Like, what am I going to do with that? Like like, that's like going to your grandma's house and she cooks you half a meal. <laughs> you don't want half. You want the whole thing. But that's not going to be don't enough. Don't give me stop going to my grandmama house, though. I'm not going to stop going to my grandmama house because she gave me one uncooked meal. Like, no. Nah, but but here's the thing. Grandma. Here's the thing. You can, you can ask your grandma for a meal. You can ask your grandma for a meal every day every day and you gonna keep asking until you get it so like say if you go to your grandma's house every day for two months talking about yo where's the meal where's the meal and she ain't got it after those two months guess what you're gonna do for the next two months you're gonna keep asking until she gives you what she gives you she's gonna give you something that's worth waiting for us as fans we got to get over that if you're a head of a label or a founder of a label and you're looking at twitter and they're like yo where's my album at where's my music at you need to step up and be a leader and take charge of your business and release finished product. You cannot look to fans and, the, and Twitter to run your business. That's that's bad business. You're gonna go out of business doing that. You're gonna go broke listening to every Tom, Dick, and Harry on Twitter. Like, come on, guys. Like, come on. That's what that's what they're doing. Kanye Kanye West is looking at Twitter like, oh, I need to drop this album even though it's not finished. I need to get this out right now. Come on. Like, that's irresponsible. If I was Tiana Taylor, if I was Tiana Taylor, I would seek legal action against Kanye no, West or Pusha T. I would call my lawyer and see if there's anything legal I could do for them. Because this is ridiculous. Go ahead, Saida. Even with a bad rollout, she's still a top charting like album this week. She's still number two behind Thankfully. everything is love. Thankfully. That even with this really trash rollout, which I think everybody can agree with, it was trash. Everybody was pissed. People are music is music. I mean, this isn't a this isn't a pop. This isn't a piece of candy. Like, if you if it's good music, you go you can listen to it at any point of time in your life. When you done being mad, what are people gonna do? Go back and listen to the album. When they finally get over it, they're gonna go back and listen to the album and be like, dang, this is actually good because good music is timeless. Preach. Thank, thank God she put out a great album. Thank God she put out a great album. Yeah, if, 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 if this album was average, woo, woo. a lot of people do <laughs> that though. Like, 
She would have went back to the drawing board and she would have still been with good music and she would have came out with another project when she and was good and ready to, I, I feel like. According according okay, to her, she uh, didn't do that now. According to her she Twitter, had it been worse than what it was. According to her Twitter, she's gonna drop a new album um in four months. So I don't know the validity in that statement, but she tweeted it. It's on her verified account. So I just have to go with what she said. Um, but I guess now that the Good Music Project series summer, June month is complete or somewhat complete for the most part, you know, we still have a re-release coming on Friday or Saturday. How are we ranking these Good Music releases like one through five, like one being the shit, five being it was dope, but as the replay, the replay value is not really there there. So uh, let's start with Saida. What you feel like? Uh- Definitely go with Daytona first and foremost. I'm actually going with uh, keep the same energy a second because I replayed it numerous times. Crazy that, that we have a debate about it, but whatever. Uh, and then from there, I think kids see uh, it's a toss up between kids see ghosts and yay. Like, I really haven't replayed either one of those like heavy, so they could either interchangeably be three or four. And then Azir, I'm just like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I have not replayed that shit at all. <laughs> okay, Sniffles, what you what what are what is your order of good music? You know what? The more we talk about this, I'm putting the asterisk by keep that same energy because it's not complete. It's not done. It's not a finished. What you, product, well, you're product. gonna you're gonna rank with what you got. You get what you get. I'm gonna, but I, I'll still rank it. But just know that there's an asterisk by keep that same energy. Number five is yay because I haven't listened to that since. Number four, kids see ghosts. Number three, keep that same energy with an asterisk. It could move up to number one if they would give us a finished album. Number two is Nas. Number one is Daytona. Fire Pusha T. Okay, Mr. J. Prince, he is available. I'll forget his location soon. <laughs> Free, what, what are your top five good music projects? Bruh. Uh, <laughs> Daytona, um, keep the same energy. Uh, yay. Kids, he goes, Nas, your last. Wow. Let me tell you something, guys. So, Pre, we actually share the same birthday. We call each other birthday <laughs> twins. And we have identical good music ranking lists. Like, that was <laughs> verbatim what I had. We did not talk about this nope. before the show. This is just that twin vibe. Um, I I do foresee keep, keep the same energy popping up to number one um, on this re-release. I think the missing components that we're going to get will solidify as the best project i think uh, i think even pusha t said it in one of his interviews that she had the better project so i think once we get what we were supposed to get this past week she would rank it my number one but i think i think everybody's list was pretty solid except for marcus sniffles but he feels certain ways about michael jackson so here we go I just said he was overrated. That's all I said. I didn't say he was I, bad. I have to keep bringing this up because, you know, uh, it's been nine years since Michael Jackson passed on the 25th. And today, unfortunately, Mr. Joe Jackson died. So let's send out a really quick RIP to Joe. I cannot Definitely wait. Joe, Michael is not overrated. My God, what? I, I cannot wait to watch uh, The American Dream this weekend. I have my DVR ready to record. I love that movie. Um, Yeah, so I guess keeping the same energy 
we can start talking about R&B. And I, I stated on the last episode that we, I wanted this to be more so focused towards, I guess, the new age of R&B. We indulge in 90s R&B and 80s R&B with the new Jack Swing era. We love 2000s r early 2000s R&B. But we have a, a new set of trailblazers in the R&B world who I feel like they need their time to shine and why not give them the committee podcast platform to talk about them. So um, each of us decided to grab an artist and or an album to discuss and kind of sway our listeners to go check out their music and possibly get them some notoriety so we can see them at the Grammys and BET Awards, MTV Awards, all these other award shows. So um, we're going to start off with Mr. Sniffles and what he's listening to that's not MJ RIP. Um, what kind of R and B music he's listening to today? We're probably gonna name this this podcast something about Michael Jackson. Because <laughs> I can't. Oh my gosh! Man, <laughs> I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to defend myself on the Twitter sphere again for all these Mike for all this Michael Jackson slander. But yeah, uh, since number two, you definitely got to defend that. So look. I will, I will, I will. But uh, you know what? I, I, y'all are gonna keep me going back to this. Keep the same energy. There's an asterisk by it for a reason. It's not done. It might be number one if we knew what it sounded like. Jeez. Well, I'll, I'll say this. As far as the, the state of R&B, I feel like it's in a pretty solid place. I'm not like super deep in the R&B, but I, you know, I, I, I like to change it up a little bit. And um, an artist that I just randomly that randomly showed up on my because uh, I'm a sellout. I use Apple Music in that title. Uh, it was one of the uh, suggested up. albums. <laughs> It was uh, an album called Lost and Found by Georgia Smith. Now, I don't feel like a lot of people know who that is, but you have probably heard her because she was on Drake's uh, More Life and she was on the Black Panther soundtrack. And, you know, it's it's something that I heard, but I didn't really, I guess she didn't really stand out because obviously if you're on a Drake song, uh, Drake is kind of going to overshadow you and being on the Black Panther soundtrack with so many other artists in there is kind of hard, but I went and listened to her album. It is a smooth listen. It's easy to listen to. There's a couple of songs like Teenage Fantasy for me is stuck in my head. Like I just keep hearing it over and over in my head. I'm like, man, this is an awesome song. Uh, She kind of reminds, she gives me a little bit of that uh, Sade feel I kind of I didn't want to compare her to Amy Winehouse because they're both like uh, English or whatnot, but she kind of gave me that feel also. Uh, she's she's a great singer. She kind of reminds me of her if her had like more personality to her. <laughs> no, no shade, no, no shade, because like no shade, but like if if there was a little bit more spice, if there was a little bit more spice to her, I feel like she would be be a uh, georgia uh smith and, and her album is is really solid and it, she had a she's got good music like she's vocally the lyrics are there the it's a it's an easy listen to you just put it on and just ride out and it's good you're good to go with that one do you feel like do you feel like there's a, a lane for her with lma in it because i feel like they could easily if they if you put if you put georgia smith on a, on a mustard beat i mean do I feel like she can do like more up tempo songs? Yeah, I mean, is if because they're both from Europe. I mean, they're respectively from different you know countries or whatever. But I mean, the kind of vibe that you can get from Georgia, 
I think you can kind of get that vibe with Ella if it's just a different producer. So can there be can there can there be a time where it exists that Ella May and Georgia Smith? Because I feel like Georgia's kind of getting overshadowed by Ella right now because of the just you know the vibe. I, I just think with the with the way music is is consumed nowadays, I feel like there's plenty of room for for artists to do what they're doing as far as like uh, putting out content, getting streams, getting views. Like if you if you find someone that you like, it's easy to, like we, we don't have to rely on the radio anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like if you like an artist, you just type them in your phone and you got it right there. You got everything they've ever done. So I, I feel like there's plenty of room for all artists to, to cook out here. Um, Pre, did you have a chance to listen to her album? Uh, George's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard Blue Lights from that album. It's pretty cool. Like, I'm not too familiar like of like her style and whatnot, but I think it's pretty cool. I I've been listening to listening to um, Ella though, like prior before Boot Up came out, and I think Ella is. I think she's more marketable right now because she has that. Like she has that that kind of like hint of trap R and B sound that we're still we're still consuming more so than um, Georgia. Georgia, I would say she's definitely more like that European soulful vibe that that Amy Winehouse was going down a little bit. But can they can they both survive in the same industry? I think they can if they have a good marketing team. Yeah, like we can make this work. Like we or we could do a duo or we could do a collab so we could just separate and you know let people decide what the differences are that way. But um I still have to listen to Georgia more. I think that like her aesthetic is more popular than what her music is right now. I think people are focusing on like she's a very pretty girl. So I think a lot of people are focusing on the fact that these are two very pretty people, but both of these people have talent and, you know, you got you to gotta listen to it too. So I have to give myself more time to listen to Georgia versus Ella, truthfully. I think that, I think that Ply's, Ply's remix helped her out also. Like Ply's jumping on her, on that song, I think that helped out. Nah, I think that song had already, I think, now I do love Ply's I, remix. I love his remix. Shout out to Ply's. Um, but I think that song had already had so much traction. I think on the flip side of that, Ella had a, a decent following. She had a decent following beforehand. I knew, um, I think Naked was the first song I actually heard of hers before I even knew Boot Up exists. So I think she had she had a market, but I think when people, when when Twitter or whoever did it deemed that to be like the nigga anthem and you see all these grown like brolic men singing booed up it became it was kind of what what happened to Bodak Yellow like Bodak Yellow wasn't a bad song but everyone came together and was just like oh this is the shit and so it kind of gained more traction and I feel I hope what I'm hoping for for Ella's like debut project her debut album is that she explores both sides um that she does pushes she pushed singles like uh, 10,000 Hours and Naked, but also give us those little upbeat vibes um, with Boot Up. And I feel like she'll grab that because of her affiliation with DJ Mustard. So it'll be interesting to see. It's interesting to see, but moving to summertime, who who is your artist that's going to save or put R&B back at the top of the, the charts? Um, so I listen to a lot of Lena Perez. I think that's how you say that. B-A-R-A-Z. Barrett, Barrett. Um, she's actually a singer from Ohio. She's pretty young in the game. 
Uh, she actually dropped Urban Florida, which is an amazing, amazing oh. project. I mean, if you are like looking for like super just chill vibes, like if you if you just kind of into that emo R and B slow tempo, Alina is definitely like a good choice. Um, I think she dropped that project back in like twenty fifteen. Um, so it took her a little minute, but this year she released The Color of You, which is another dope EP. Um, just like thirty, both both projects are like thirty minutes long, but. Man, the vibe on both of those is just like chill. I feel like she did what Tiana Taylor like wanted to do with like a continuous vibe. Like she has that just capturing pull you in kind of music where you forget what track you're on. I mean, it, it flows so smoothly and it's it's incredible. I'm just interested to see like what her debut album is really gonna like come to, like what it's gonna be like. Cause she's only got two EPs. And she's going on tour. Like I think she's she's kicking off a tour in Europe with those two EPs. So I'm I'm hoping that people give her a chance. But for right now, I, I think she's still kind of like underground. But she's dope for sure. If you if you don't know about her, um, she's got a couple songs with Khalid uh, Khaled. Pretty pretty nice. Yeah, I'm actually I'm pretty um, familiar with her work. I I'm trying to think of the actual song. I'm trying to look it up really quick. Um, that I actually fell in love with, but the first project for me was was it fantasy? I think that's what it was. Hold on, hold on. What was she like? So you say you want to get away? That one? No, it was actually show me, show me the actual first song on the on the album. Um, that that's what kind of put me on. Um, I won't shout out the person who put me on to her music because he's trash, but. Yeah, it was, I, I like it. Um, Sniffles, have you ever heard of her? Or, you know, will you, will you try it out with your Apple Music subscription? <laughs> of course, I'm always down to try out new things as far as uh, listening to, to music. So, I mean, I will definitely check out all the artists that y'all have suggested, sure. I, I remember listening to uh, some of uh, Ella's song, the, the girl that, or her album, The Boot Up Girl. I, I remember listening to it one time, one all the way through, and I was just kind of like, "Okay, this is this is fine," but I only gave it one listen, so that's not a, it's not fair for me to give like a, an assessment about if she's good or not off of one listen. But she's fine. Like there, I I feel like R and B is in a solid place from my perspective as someone who's not super big into R and B. I feel like it's it's fine. It's going in the right direction. There's a lot of young talent out there. You look at um, Georgia Smith, uh, Ella, her, SZA, Daniel Caesar. I mean, I guess you could throw Ty Dolla Sign's not young and new, but I feel like he's nah. Ty Dolla Sign is having a moment right now. He's having a really like this last month. He's yeah. he's he's, he's having a moment. Um, These features, yeah. yeah. I tried to tell yeah. people about Ty, but ain't nobody want to listen. Ty, <laughs> nigga. Ty, Ty owes me so much child support at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Solo artist though, I listen to his solo his solo albums, but I prefer him to listen to him when he's like collaborating with somebody else. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah, I, like I'm I love. In, I'm in that same boat. I'm in the I same love. Boat. I love Free TC. I actually just finished playing that. I was and I was watching um, Joe Budden's podcast, and he posed the question. He was just like, "Are we filling Ty Dolla Sign the the featured artist over his his projects?" And I had to think about it. I really think Ty Dolla Sign as an un 
listed feature is what I need in my life at all times. Like when I like on when I heard him on three way, I didn't know he was coming. So just to hear it was like, oh shit, it's Ty Dollar Sign, and then you know, baby happened. But uh, pre what what artist or album or whatever you got in your in your notes? What, what, what do we need to go? What do we need to go listen to? Masego, M A S E G O, Masego. He's um. He's super dope. He he's kind of like R and B and jazz, and he he like is I guess you could say like jazz and trap. He's actually mentioned himself being like a trap jazz artist before, but he's worked with um, FKJ and he's worked with Sir. Um, he has really really cool songs like Girls That Dance. There's a song called Tadao that's really dope that a lot of people like. Um, He's the type of artist where it's like you can see us like like when we get older to that age, like we would be dancing to him at like a barbecue kickback when we all wearing white linen and everybody sipping drinks and doing the cha-cha slide. Like he he makes music that's like it's kind of transcends between like us still being like in our 20 somethings towards us going into like our 30s and 40s, even 50s. So he's very like soulful in a sense where he uses live instrument because he also plays the sax. So it's like you get kind of you kind of get like that reminiscent Marvin Gaye kind of vibe. And then it's also mixed with like our 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 style, like our the millennial generation style. So Masego is super, super dope. Um, he just came out with the last thing he's come out with is called Lady Lady. It's really like it's something you could just cruise to. Um, and like his music is very like it's surprising. Like you think you're gonna get this one sound and then all of a sudden you hear like this completely different vibe and you're like, okay, wait a minute. I gotta turn this up louder. What's going on? And then you, it makes you just wanna put stuff on repeat. But yeah, Masego, I'm like super into him right now. Well, I, I've i never heard I've of never him heard before. before. Bruh, listen to him on um that, uh what you call that YouTube, that YouTube channel called Colors where like every artist is kind of like singing live against the backdrop of a different color and he has like his own he has like a few videos up there i think but yeah just type in masego on youtube dope guy he also got a, he also a, got a, a good um it's called late night i think it's pretty it's pretty decent it's, but that's the only song that i know from him i didn't know he worked with sir and some of the other people so i'm gonna have to check him out please do girl um i guess for me I'll probably go cliche, but I have a reason why I went cliche. I think for me, a leader or a potential leader of the new wave of R&B would be Daniel Caesar. Um, his album, said Floridian, was top. He made my top five as far as albums all, I guess, in general, because we did a top five episode. So that was my rap list. But as far as just like albums I heard that particular year, his was one of the, the better albums I heard. And I think because it just flowed so cohesively like it just sonically it sound good it, it's different um daniel caesar's from ca- uh, canada so another canadian canadian singer or whatever um i think the reason why i picked him is because and this is just in my opinion some people may argue me down i just don't think he's attractive and i did thank a, you i did thank a, you. <laughs> i did a twitter rant like many moons ago and i just said that's what we're missing in r&b I said, we got to this point where everyone has to be like aesthetically like pleasing, like to the eye. 
and they just sound like shit. They just mumble. They barely whisper. They, you know, they rap. They rap, you know, and but they look good, so they can sell, you know, they can sell albums or tour tour really well. But I think with Daniel Caesar, he, he's not a Luther. He doesn't have a very powerful voice. But I'm like, he sounds great and he's ugly. And I'm like, this may really be the start that we need to bring R&B back is if we continue to just promote ugly artists. And that is why I picked Daniel Caesar. There's plenty of millions of other people I wanted to talk about, wanted to talk about her, um, which I love I love her. And they did a performance actually together on the BET Awards on Sunday. So it was, very, it was very good to see, I guess, the newer faces of R&B getting the... The full stage or the big stage um, on Sunday. Ironically, they gave LMA the small, the smaller little off to the side stage, the music matter stage, and I was just like, she has the number one, or she's on her way to the number one song in the, you know, on the R and B charts, and she's performing in the corner while everybody's running, get popcorn, and going to the bathroom. So, I mean, I don't, it, it, it I don't happens. It's a, it's a start because I remember I think it was Anderson Pack. He did that. Yeah, he started had, there too. Like they had Sir everybody's got to go there at some point. I think SZA was on there one time. I, I think I, I'm not sure, but I, uh, Daniel Caesar he gave me the uh, he gave me that T Pain uh, surprise. Like I remember when I first heard T Pain, I was like, oh, let me check this light skin it out. Nope, so, <laughs> that's not what T Pain. That's not who T Pain is. <laughs> so when I, like I listened to Daniel Caesar, I was like, yo, this guy's he's. he's this is a great voice. He's, I bet he's pulling all the hoes. And I look at him, I'm like, oh, damn, this nigga's ugly as shit. God damn. Like, how's he going to make it? I'm like, it's a good thing this nigga can sing and write. Because if he was out here relying on his looks, then I would not sign him. Like, he should be on that, you know, the TV show, The Voice. He'd kill <laughs> that show. Because vocally, he's got it. But, like, just the looks, he just doesn't have it. Like, every yeah. time I see him live, I'm like, dog, man, you get him, dog. He he. How he, are you this ugly? <laughs> he looks like how we treat uh, Kalani. Like you know, like everyone's like Kalani needs to take a bath. I'm like, yeah, I just want to bathe Daniel Caesar. But wow. Like, <laughs> but but his voice is amazing, and that's why I brought up. I really like if we just go back, like if we go back to the '70s, how we were talking during the Tiana stage, and we look at some of those artists from the '70s, some of those artists from the '80s, even the '90s, they were not very pleasing. Right? They were not aesthetically pleasing. But that's good that he's shifting it back to where it was unconsciously. Whether he, you know, like he can't help it. That's what he looked like. Is like yeah, even Xavier yeah, Omar. Yeah. Xavier Omar is a heavy set dude that sings about love and passion. And everybody expected Xavier Omar to be like this this light skinned singing dude, like it's just crooning over the speaker. No, Xavier Omar is the heavy set dude. Like he like a regular degular that you could just be like, oh, what's up? Like, let's kick it. We cool. Like, I like it. I think it just it brings humanity like back to actual music. I think it, it forces other artists to raise the bar. Like you, like Daniel Caesar is successful in what he does. He's got a lane, he's got a fan base, and he's able to do that without looking like your typical R&B singer. So he's showing you like, hey, there's still people out there that care about vocals. There's still people that care about R&B and not the next big dance track or the next big, oh, I'm I'm singing, but I'm really rapping the R. Kelly. Thing. I'm, I'm kind of done with that little whole thing, the whole rapping and singing, like either sing or rap. How long before you want another project from Daniel Caesar? Because I know that question is gonna come up real soon. Because you give me now, niggas. I always want something back I, to. To be honest, <laughs> to be honest, I think for me, like when I get a good project that I can't, that I don't have to skip tracks to, I'm more so like I can go maybe two or three years. 
and then I'm going to start looking for you and at least do some features. Like at least, at least give me some features to feed, to feed, to feed my soul. So 2020, 2020, I want like a mini EP this winter. Damn, some, damn. Some small, wow. <laughs> some like three, four tracks. I could do that and then hold me over and then I'll wait for the rest. But yeah. So, I mean, so Daniel, Daniel Caesar seems like them type of niggas that likes to experience life for a little bit before he like gets back into the studio to do stuff. I feel like he's kind of one of those guys. Like he needs to just live a little bit and then like go out and see the world, get some new life experiences and then get inspired by something and then come out. Cause this, this album that he put out Freud in like, he can live off of that for a good two to three years. Like he's got some he timeless it. songs in there. And then he put out a, a an e, like a, an EP before that where he did a cover of uh, Kanye's uh, Streetlights. If you haven't heard that, listen to that song because that he crushed that shit. Like it's one of the better covers that I've heard. Like it's damn near better than Kanye's version, which is saying a lot. Wow. So, um, so summertime, what do you feel about, you know, the whole get back to not being the finest thing walking, but vocals? <laughs> just Barry White was ugly. And I was just playing <laughs> the other day and I'm like, my God, this music is timeless. I mean, I don't, for R&B, like y'all was saying, like back in the day, these people really wasn't all that, you know, good looking in the face, but I can't think of a better male singer right now outside of Daniel Caesar. Even talking about Ty Dolla Sign, he's not Daniel Caesar. From an artist, I mean, from a pure just vocalist. I mean, I've seen Daniel Caesar at the Tiny Desk um, concert, shout out to NPR, and, and just to hear the, like, just acoustic, all he needed some some singers with him. He don't even need no singers with him. And he's a musician. I mean, he plays, he knows the art, so. He's not he's not dropping an album until like 2022. <laughs> he's not dropping an album no time soon though. I definitely if you can know. if you can pull up a stool and have like a guitar and a, and a piano and just sing, like you got me. Like you'll I'll, I'll support that all day. Like I I appreciate artists that can still do that. Like I, I understand you want to have like the big radio songs, the pop songs, the dance songs, but can you turn the lights down, have this small intimate crowd, get like you know a hundred people together? sit down on a stool, pull out a guitar or sit at a piano and just sing to people and still grab them and still move them. Can you do that? If you can't do that, then I, that, and I don't want to, you know, that's where I, where my Michael Jackson is overrated or overrated comes from. Cause I don't feel like he can do that. I don't think he can do that, but like, if you can do that, I will, I will support that. And I will put you up on a pedestal. Cause I feel like being able to do that is, that might be even more that that shows more talent to me than just getting in the studio and you know them being able to work the vocals so you sound like a better singer than you actually are because they were keeping it in the book. There's a lot of studio singers out there that they sound great in the studio. Scissor, <laughs> hey, we're hey, we're right there. We, we are the same wavelength. We know what's up. <laughs> so and but then you hear them live and you're like, yo, you do not sound that good. You sound kind of whack right now. And I feel like Daniel Caesar is one of those artists where it's like, he sounds great in the studio. He sounds great live. Her surprised me because I was like, oh, you know, she maybe she's not as great a live singer as I think she is. But then I, I saw her and apparently she can play the guitar too. So I'm like, yo, she's she's got star power and she's got talent. Like her and Daniel Caesar are probably going to be at the forefront of this next wave of R&B singers. 
I just hope he doesn't let that, the criticism of how he looks get to him. Because how old is he? Is he young? Uh, he I mean, was born in 95, so whatever age that makes him. <laughs> young as hell. That makes me feel really old. But um, nah, like, that kind of stuff can get, especially as an artist and you're trying to please people. I, I speak on behalf of other people who might feel this way. Like you want to, you want your, you want people to love your music, but you also want people to love you and not talk just about the negative stuff. But like, nobody wants to be known as the good singer, but he ugly. <laughs> like that kind of low key kills you. Like you have to be a really strong person to take that. So I just hope he has that kind of, you know, strength and he's, he's able to realize he is still good at what he does without the negative criticism and all that about how he looks. Cause niggas is ruthless out here. <laughs> oh, most definitely. I, I like to point out what they did with Music Soul Child. I think uh, it was the half crazy video, and they had him remove his glasses, and we saw that his eye wasn't going one, you know, the right way. And that was I, an eye opener. That was an eye opener for me. I was like, whoa, whoa. I really, I really think that's what killed his momentum because at that point he was on like album three, and, and I think quietly. Um, I, and shout out to the Black Black Music History Month little challenge I was doing I actually put him as probably one of the most underrated R&B artists because he had a long ass run a, a good strong run and in my opinion he revealed the eye and next thing I know he was rapping he was wearing like a whole jean outfit with a jean hat a lot of shit went on and I think it had something to do with the revealing of his eye but moving forward to our last topic and kind of keeping the same energy with R&B Mr. You're Hiding a Child Arby Graham Canadian's own uh, Drizzy Drake is releasing Scorpion on Friday at midnight. He, he actually put a time stamp on his, um, via his Instagram. But he, I guess it's been confirmed that it's going to be a double disc. So a little Nelly Keith Sweat, more, I mean, not Nelly Keith Sweat, a uh, Suit Sweat. And who did one recently? Oh, Future with Hendrix and Future. So a double disc side, we're thinking it's going to be R&B and hip hop. Um, some of the alleged features a static major uh feature let me see two chains and offset of course little wayne party next door is what i'm saying this is this is not confirmed this is just floating around on the internet via some message boards i like to be a part of so what are we what do we expect from aubrey are we here for aubrey are we just going to press play because we have to review it next week like what's what's going on anybody i'm not really as excited as i probably once was before i didn't need us <laughs> before the the revelation of you are hiding a child um that really that really fucked me up because it's like drake come on man you gotta you gotta address that and so i'm hoping that maybe this album will give me some type of closure with that situation because that that's really unsettling to me Especially like going back and listening to some of the lyrics that he's had in his songs, and then you pick up on it, and he'd be like, "Damn, this nigga's a fraud." <laughs> like, but I'm gonna listen to it. Of course, I'm going to listen to it. I'm still gonna probably bang some songs. I'm sure. I don't know how full about Drake and R&B, but I'm open. Okay, um, Pre, what you what you feel about it? I honestly don't know how to feel about Drake. Uh... I don't okay I'm like I'm aware that it's happening but I'm not like I'm not amped about it right now I don't know no not really (laughs) but it's just like 
at this point, I'm just waiting to see how he's going to further reinvent his, himself because I think that's what it is. I think I'm kind of just waiting in the wings to see how he's going to reinvent himself this time, like musically and like theme wise. Cause last time we got a lot of Caribbean stuff. We got a lot of, we got a lot of West Indian stuff. We, we, we got a different Drake in a sense where he tried a different type of genre and style of music. And I'm kind of wondering where he's going to take it now. Like if he's really going to focus on the, like the NOLA kind of vibe that he's been on. I don't think he's going to respond to Pusha. I think that's dead. I think that's something that I just, I don't see him saying much about that ever since. Um, Not even the, even the I, Like maybe like a little bit of subtle petty shade. Cause you know, Drake is good for a little subtle pettiness with a little salt on the subtle, side, subtle. but yeah, like at this point, he's like a chameleon to me. Like Drake has always been like a chameleon to me. And I feel like I have no idea what to expect from him, but I just don't want him to let me down the way that Views let me down because I really did not like Views. Like people thought I was joking when I said that I played Views once and I didn't go back to it. I played it once and I didn't go back to it. And the funny thing is I listened to it like most recently, maybe about like two weeks ago. And I was like, okay, still it was okay, but it wasn't what I was expecting. So now you have like this nice for what Drake who's here with like, shining light on people and being more of a, I guess you could say like showing his personal side in terms of like giving back to people in the videos and, and going back to the Degrassi cast and whatnot. So I'm just waiting in the wings at this point. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not excited, nor am I like not excited. I'm just very indifferent about it right now. Yeah. So, so just to, just to, just to kind of talk about the rebuttal thing, I think they're reporting, well, it's reported that he's going to respond. I don't know in what capacity. I think, in my opinion, I think it will be more so to Drake than Pusha T. Um, don't really know why, but that's just how I feel. But listening to what Pre says, she thinks, she doesn't know what we're going to get. We know that Drake has culture vulture vibes. But what what do you think, Sniffles? Are you, are you here for an R&B and rap double disc album from Mr. You're Hiding a Child. I I just want Drake to this because at this point Pusha T has put all his business in the streets. He apparently has a hidden child. He has this blackface thing. He's got a lot of stuff going on and like uh, Capri said he did a lot of Caribbean stuff. He'll dip into being like a Houston rapper, an Atlanta rapper, like a New York rapper, Jamaican. Like all he's doing all these other things, all these other styles, trying to fit in, being a chameleon. For this album, I would like for him to be somewhat vulnerable and expose us to who the real Drake is. Like, who are you really? Because at this point, you've you've got all the hits, you've sold all the records, you've got accolades you know you, you don't have any classic albums but i mean that's that's a hard thing to do if, i mean we all can't have classics you know what i'm saying but i would i would like to see drake be authentic on this album and based on the singles that we've gotten i don't think we're gonna get that based on the uh, i guess leaked you know alleged features like you're dipping in the little wayne bucket again like all right like and I, and I know already I already know what's gonna happen. This song, this this double disc is gonna drop. There's gonna be about 
two or three songs from each side that are going to be huge songs. They're going to be songs of the summer, songs of the year. And then the album as a whole is just going to be okay, just like every other Drake album. <laughs> you are going he's to upset the Aubrey's Angels. The Aubrey's Angels are going to come for he you. Makes, he makes really good music. He just doesn't make classic music. Now, now his his classic album is going to be his greatest hits album when that drops. Because he, <laughs> he's got some Nigga got some nigga got some He drops that. He drops that. <laughs> I feel like I agree. I feel like if he if he somehow like in a good way exploited himself on that album about like the child and like the baby mama and and kind of shed light on that, he could work that in his way to really like get people to to kind of people on your side. People on yeah, side. to sway exactly to sway because it's just like at the end of the day. Drake is kind of looked at as like the sweetheart rapper in a way. Cause it's like, he, he has these moments where he goes in, but he also has like that emotional side as we all know. And it's just like, if I feel like in this case, if you play chess correctly and you expose just the right amount of that truth that we got from Pusha already exposing you, then all right, cool. Like I can't do nothing but respect you for you like taking it further and telling your own truth like isn't that what you're supposed to do you're an artist like that's what you're supposed to do but i mean like i said it's it's, it's all up to him what he wants to do I, I would like i would like i would like drake to not do the surface level emotion emotional stuff like he's he's really good at that he's really good at the whole you know like hey you know you got you got engaged on me and you didn't tell me like what is that like that's some high school like Get like she don't owe you nothing. That she like she moved on. You need to move on. Drake needs to give us some like real emotion. Like Drake doesn't have a song cry where he's like kind of putting himself out there. Like yo, I fucked up. I fucked up big time. It's right, or I I at least need to let her know that I'm that I fucked up and that I'm apologizing. Not oh, I see you going out more on your IG page. Like what is that, Drake? Like okay, like. We're done with that. It's time. It's it's time for Drake to grow up a little bit here. Like, let's. You're in your thirties. You're a father now. Let's be a little bit more mature. Show us your real side. Show us who Aubrey Drake Cram is. Show us. Not. I'm not saying you got to put your, all yourself out there. Put all your business out there. But give us a little bit. Like at this point, you gotta. We don't really know who you. Are you what like who are you, Drake? Who are you? Who are you? But he has to play around with that. The thing is, like he that's why I said it, it has to be the right amount of us knowing a certain amount because I feel like Drake knows that he has that mysteriousness to him, and that's why people keep going back to Drake at the end of the day. It's like you get a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and then you mix it together, and it's like, oh snap, we're back to talking about Drake again. And it's like, oh snap, he's relevant again. And OVO is relevant again, even though we swore we wouldn't make him, well, some people feel like they don't want to make him relevant again, but it's just like- He's always gonna be relevant. Gonna be relevant. Yeah, he's always gonna be relevant. Like, just get used to it. it <laughs> like, but yeah, like, I just feel like it has to be the right, it has to be the right recipe. And he has to, he has to strategically do it right. Like he got to do some Beyonce shit where it's just like the perfect timing for the perfect moment for us to see what your baby look like as soon as we listen to a certain track or something like that. Or if we listen to a song all of a sudden, we'd be like, nigga, is that a baby in the background? Oh, shit. That nigga telling us that he's taking care of his baby. Like, you know, like it has to be something like 
slick but cute at the same time because he light skin but like not disrespectful at the same time i feel like he tries to juggle a lot of these things and i feel like it's possible not what? a baby not a baby <laughs> The baby should huh? definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. calling. I'm calling. Adidon has a future. <laughs> uh, for me, I everybody knows I'm not the biggest Drake fan. I think the last full Drake project I enjoyed from top to bottom was nothing was the same. So whenever that came out, don't know. Was it 2013 possibly? So it's been a good minute since I've enjoyed a great body of Drake's work. I'm, for the first time in a very long time, I am literally going to try to listen to this Midnight Review alone. I'm going to log off Twitter because Twitter is the breeding ground for Aubrey's Angels and they will set me up for tracks like they did with, um, damn, what was the name of the mixtape with Future? Um, oh, uh, dog, that, that, that trash, I was, I was so I've... trash. Oh. Yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. That that mixtape, I fucked around and let Twitter like tell me what to go listen to, and I just was like, "This is what you niggas go up for." Like, is this is what I'm missing out in the Aubrey's Angels, you know, stand newsletter? Like, this is what I'm missing. This is not it. So I'm really going to try to step away from the timeline, step away from my personal feelings about Drake, and listen to it for whatever it's worth. Whatever he gives me, I'm not going to try to compare it to nothing was the same. I'm not going to compare it to take care. I'm just going to listen. To this album, give my honest feedback on it, and we're gonna we're gonna have a good time next week discussing uh, Scorpion. Hopefully, I can get through both discs within within this time frame, just because I'm I've been catered to uh, via good music with these short projects that I can listen to multiple times and come up with a good ass like reason why I like it or why I dislike it. So, so. did you guys see how allegedly Chance the Rapper is going? Come out with his seven, his seven uh track album uh, with Kanye. Uh, Did y'all hear about that? Yes, yes. Let let. <laughs> <laughs> let me just say this about Chancellor Bennett. Um, this whole preachy preacher's kid PK shit. I'm not here for it. I don't want to hear another ultralight beam. I don't want to hear anything that sounds like Color in Book 3 on the seventh song project. I'm over the whole preachy youth pastor Chance the Rapper. That shit is dead. That is done. I didn't fall in love with Chance the Rapper from that. I like Acid Rap uh, of Chance the Rapper. I forget the other mixtape on the spot. 22s or something, something. Whatever. It got that 22 song on there and Hey Ma's on there. That's one, two of my favorite Chance the Rapper songs. I want to hear acid rap, rap chants. I want to hear chants who takes experimental drugs and talks about them. I am tired of the youth pastor chants. So if this Kanye project is going to sound for youth pastor chants, the only way I will consume it is if you guys want me to talk about it, but I'm going to pass on it. There, there I said it. So, yeah. I mean, you're... You're going to hear you're gonna hear Chance Rapper just because he's an industry plant and their music is played everywhere. So yes, yeah. shout out to all the IPs. Yeah, you can't tell me you're not gonna listen to a Chance album, Dribbles. How you gonna escape that? I I just I'm telling you, like I I enjoy I enjoy coloring book. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy coloring book, but like pressing play on it and knowing what I knew about Chance before, I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Like, do I have favorite songs on that album? Do I listen to certain cuts on the album? Yes, but I'm like, the Chance I fell in love with, 
that this coloring book this is you can this listen is, to it and hate it or you can listen to it and love it but either way you're gonna listen I, I know fuck fuck you fuck all of you guys fuck all the artists i don't like that i have to listen to anyway because i just love music and i gotta try it to say i just like it yeah <laughs> that's exactly what it is you just gotta say uh, i hate it but how you gonna know if you hate it if you never listen i know fuck drake too because i'm just sit through two albums with this nigga when he ain't listened to the the yay album yet so unless you like that nigga nah shout out to joe button and the joe button podcast though one of my faves goes um so i mean do we have anything else we want to talk about thank you for listening so long as you have Uh, we've tried to cut it down but you cannot stop talking about good music so that's no pun intended on that part but um anything you guys want to discuss really quick before we give our shout outs and get up out of here um, I would like to shout out this fire playlist that I just made of like 70s bedroom bangers. Like as we were talking about the soulful samples from Keep the Same Energy, I ended up making it like this crazy playlist with like Barry White, Betty White, Teddy Pendergrass. So hit me up for the link. Hit me on Summertime Style on Twitter, um, on Apple Music, Spotify, and Tidal. I just got Tidal. Woo! Welcome to the gang. Gang, gang, we're here. Um, but yeah, nah. I'm excited about that, so um shout out to my pops <laughs> just because i let him in here but you know <laughs> uh pre you got some some shout outs for us um shout outs to you guys for inviting me thank you so much for letting me speak on the show i really appreciate it um once again shout outs to cozy girl squad shout outs to donette the founder of cozy girl squad oh make sure to follow it us, I should say, on Twitter and Instagram at Cozy Girl Squad. Um, yeah, shout outs to God. There you go. Um, <laughs> and shout outs to Black people and Black music. There we go. All right, Mr. Right. Sniffles, what you got? What's are you going to apologize to the Michael Jackson stands because it's this a very rough week for them this week? Um, I will not. I will not. Joe Jackson <laughs> beat that nigga into superstardom, and he is still. <laughs> overrated as an artist he had a great career he did great numbers but he is overrated i'm sorry i know his dad just died but i'm sure he's wherever they're at he's giving them that one two three with a damn ruler up his ass or some shit so you know i hope michael jackson has he's i hope he's well rested and is able to get in step because joe jackson will play that shit get in line get a switch he had nine years to get comfortable up in heaven (laughs) how does he feel about how do you feel about prince is my oh, I love Prince. We love Prince. Oh, okay, okay. Prince is number one. Prince number one. Prince the goat. So that's that's where we're at on that one. Um, but uh, <laughs> let's. I mean, at, at this point, I'm getting the petition started. I'm going to start a movement. We're getting Pusha T fired. I'm sorry. You got to get out of here. You can't be the president no more. You, You're done. You're you, done in this you, town, Pusha. You also love. You're I, done. You also Surgical love. I am Sasha, Sasha Fierce. So I'm going to peel it back it. slow. I'm going to peel this onion back slow. It's layers to it, Pusha. I'm Googling. I'm getting on the Googles. I'm going to expose you because you're a fraud and you don't know what you're doing and you're bad at your job. You're good at rapping. You're really, really good at rapping. As far as being a president, you're an empty suit pusher. Empty suit pusher T. Ain't nothing in that suit. You have no power, no backbone, no say-so. Clean out your office. You're done in this town. Wow. This, this clip is going viral. This hate that you have for pusher is just... It's, it's- I'm bored, actually. Yeah, it's going. It's definitely going to go back. Um, 
I guess my my end of the week shout outs. First off, we're gonna shout out to Jay Prince. Um, I had nothing to do with that rant. Um, it was all sniffles, Marcus underscore sniffles on Twitter. Follow, find him, track his IP address, send your goon squad. I had nothing to do with that rant. Um, yeah, shout out to everybody. Make sure you guys check out the Ox DJ on Twitter and Apple Music. We are also on title. We have a Drake the Hype Beast playlist that is slated to get you pumped and excited for this double disc album coming out on Friday. We also just dropped um, the best of prize, a goon and a goonette version. Some of my best work. So check that out. And shout out to all the great, our great listeners, people who interact with us on Twitter. Make sure to follow uh, Pre on Twitter at KHPRI. Um, summertime Sigh on Twitter, of course, Marcus Sniffles. And it's me, it's underscore Tribbles. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week.